Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 411 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her diet, in this case, her Mediterranean diet. I don't mean like diet diet. Yeah, I'm talking about nutrition and great science around it. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our terrific friends at Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y, Vitamins. So, women, you know the gig. We try to do the best we can. We try to get those vegetables and fruits and grains and everything in our diet, and how often does that happen? All right, so we got your back to fill in all those little gaps when, well, life hits. Um, so run on over to Solar Ray Vitamins and check out the multivitamins. And we'll also be kind of talking about some other little goodies that relate to the Mediterranean diet. So that's important too. And that's our gut biome and making sure that um, our little friends with, with uh, benefits down in our belly um, are happy with you. Are you feeding them appropriately? We talk about this a lot, but it's important. So run on over to solarayvitamins.com to learn more. And here's your first reminder to make certain to hit iTunes afterwards and rate and review us because we love to hear your feedback and it's time for her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about her. Abby, Chef Abby Gelman is back again with, <laughs> with your little nutrition nudges um, to be able to kind of help us along this nightmare of an obstacle course that we call our nutritional journey. Everyone knows Abby. Abby. It's so good to see you. You too. Oh my gosh. So Chef Abby Gelman is everything all bundled up in one. She's got a master's degree in nutrition science. She's a registered dietitian and she's also a certified chef. So it's all rolled up into just this delicious little bundle. And this way we can kind of tweak her for everything. You know, you're kind of like one shop, one stop shopping for us. So Abby, how's that feel to be one stop shopping? You know, Pam, I love it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love the reminders that you give me because sometimes I forget. So I there there aren't a lot of us with all those uh those skill sets. So thank you. Well, I love it. And um the reason why is this way we can really talk. Not just about cooking, but about science and, and everything. So you published a book. Let's let's see what the book is. They have two books actually. So this yeah, is my well, first I mean, one. The Mediterranean Dash Diet is the one that uh we're gonna be really, you know, sussing into. Let's see the other one. The other one is also Mediterranean, but it's the instant pot. So if you have an instant pot, that's a good one for that. Okay. But I absolutely and I'm an instant pot happy person. And so I like them both. And the reason why this is important is because it revolves around what uh, has now been the number one dietary um, program in the United States as assessed by high-level nutrition experts for God knows how many years now, ever since it came out for all intent and purposes. 
And so why did you decide to concentrate? I mean, there's so many things going on out there. There's a lot of noise in the internet universe around nutrition, um, like understatement. So why did you decide to do the Mediterranean diet? What was going on in your mind? Well, a couple different things. So, and coming at it from both a chef and a dietitian. So the Mediterranean diet, a lot of people just think France, Spain, Italy, as that is Mediterranean, but it's actually many, many more countries and encompasses a lot of other countries. You have Northern Africa, you have Israel, you have Croatia. Um, so you have flavor profiles that are different across the board, but they all have that same focus on whole grains, seafood and le lean proteins, um, fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds and legumes. So the, the basics are all the same, but the flavor profiles do change. And it's interesting to see how depending on where they are located, those changes occur. So you get you know, thousands of different flavor profiles all within the same kind of tenant, if that makes sense. Um, and then also it's a lifestyle. So it's not making you feel guilty or shame, blaming guilt, as you and I talk about all the time, but it's kind of like joyfully eating, you know, being together, assuming the vertical and getting some exercise, being social with your eating habits, even a little red wine in there. So it, it's not restrictive or it doesn't feel like it's restrictive. It feels doable, which I think is important too. Right. And, and the other thing that's really important about this is that um, it's really backed by science too. So if you look at something like, let's just grab olive oil for a minute. Why is that so great? Oh, I love olive oil. So it's a plant-based oil that has tons of unsaturated fatty acid, which are the kind of the healthy fats. Um, and you can use it for things that are not cooked, like salad dressings and dips and all of that. And you can also use it for cooking. Um, it has a ton of those heart-healthy fats and things that we want to make sure come into our day-to-day. -day. Plus, it often has a really nice flavor profile that contributes to what you're eating too. So one of the first great benefits of the Mediterranean diet, and we actually hear about this a lot in magazine reviews and, and this and that, is the fact that it reduces the risk of heart disease. And this has been backed by pretty amazing studies um, because actually I think that one study followed 7,000 women and men in Spain who had type 2 diabetes, which, as you know, is highly associated with obesity, um, and they were at high risk for cardiovascular disease. And they were randomized to, to three groups. And really, at the end of the day, they analyzed the data, and they found that the biggest scientific, this was probably the biggest scientific evidence to say that a Mediterranean-type diet is healthful in terms of reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease. So those who ate the calorie unrestricted, here's what's really interesting about that. It's not like, you know, you can only have three calories of this. Those who ate the calorie unrestricted Mediterranean diet with supplemented olive oil or nuts had a 30% lower risk of heart events at the end of the follow-up period than the control group that didn't have that. So, you know, I'm a clinical scientist. 
You love the science. You've studied it. I'm raising my hand to this one. So it reduces the risk of heart disease. So no wonder so many nutrition experts uh, say that this is kind of the way to go. Okay. Now, you know, what else? What else is going on with this in terms of benefits? You know, it's interesting. They've looked at not just cardiovascular uh, risk, but also stroke. And so when you look at stroke, for instance, uh, th these are really large studies. There's a study of over 23,000 men and women, you know, who lived in the UK. And it was interesting. Um, what they found there was uh, it had a significant, a statistically significant impact on the severity of a stroke should it ever occur, and then a decreased risk of stroke on top of that. So, hey, loving that. But, but you know, look at all these foods now. Tell us what happens then when we move to the brain. You know, we're looking at dementia and whatever else, and you know that eating ultra-processed foods is very pro-inflammatory, which will most definitely set you up for Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, all of this stuff. But what's the secret sauce, literally, um, with Mediterranean diet that helps people, I don't know, help prevent this? Yeah, there's two food groups, I guess you could call them, that I like to touch on for this. The first one is seafood. So fish shrimp, lobster, mussels, so shellfish and regular fish, the whole seafood category, especially those really rich fishes with, you know, they call them fatty fish like salmon and tuna. You know, we want to get our omega-3. So those omega-3 fatty acids are really great for cognitive health, um, our brain health, right? So that's number one. And it is a heavy, heavy seafood um, based when we're looking at the plant, or sorry, when we're looking at the animal uh, protein for the Mediterranean diet. Then there's also lots of fruits and veggies. So all the colors of the fruits and veggies give you different phytonutrients, which are essentially antioxidants. So, you know, a bowl of berries could give you red and purple and blue and all of that great stuff. And those all do things that have a strong effect on your brain health and um, cognitive health as well. I love it. And and so what you eat impacts brain health. And uh, there have been some new emerging studies um, that really point to the promise of a Mediterranean type style. Because really, when you think about it, if we just said that um, this kind of eating uh, will help will basically be heart healthy and also help reduce the incidence and the severity of something like stroke. Well, at the same time, you'd think that it kind of moves over to the brain as well because it's it's a lot of the same elements. I think people are just now beginning to really look at this. You know, there's a, a the DASH diet. Tell everyone what the DASH diet is. So it is dietary approaches for sodium can't remember with ages, hypertension, maybe. So if you go to the doctor and you have high blood pressure, they'll oftentimes say you need a low sodium diet. So the DASH diet is what it's called. But what I like to talk about in addition to the sodium is potassium because they are counter minerals. So not only 
Um, does the Mediterranean diet lower your sodium generally, but it also increases your potassium. So that's in your fruits and veggies. It's in your beans and legumes. So you want to focus on other minerals like potassium and, and increasing those at the same time as decreasing the sodium. Okay. And then um, kind of going along the same line, um, I remember I had on my podcast one of the main scientists behind something called the MIND program, and that is Mediterranean Dash Diet Intervention for Neurodegenerative Delay. Boy, that's a lot. And that's kind of a hybrid between Mediterranean and the DASH diet. And um, even though they haven't seen like one specific dietary you know, program being the most beneficial for our brains, um, you know, they say that there won't be a one-size-fit-all kind of a, a dietary approach to prevent dementia or cognitive decline because part of this is also very affected by physical activity, by sleep, because when you sleep, you clean out the mess upstairs Right. And um, this is when a lot of that, uh, you know, cognitive, um, you know, housekeeping is taking place um, in a big way. Um, so that's why this is a little muckier when it comes to something like that. But gosh, uh, the good news is there are options out there. Let's take a moment. And, you know, people may be saying, well, what is this Mediterranean dietary intake? Um, like, how is it different than just me slapping together some vegetables and, you know, some meat and um, just kind of doing my thing? What is it that makes it unique? There are some guidelines around how many servings of, of different food groups that you should have. So, for example, um, you know, at least two servings of seafood every week. Um, but it's if you look at the Mediterranean side, it's kind of a reflection of the countries and the areas, you know, the region of Mediterranean. So you might have a tagine, which might be a North African dish that has chickpeas in it and butternut squash and um, might be vegetarian and served with a whole grain. Or you could have something that you might consider to be more uh, Italian and it's tomato based. So you might have tomato and basil um, and maybe a piece of fish in there, maybe a little bit, you know, some some broccoli rabe or something. But you take a lot of the same food groups and then the preparation and the flavor profiles um, could be different. You know, those seasonings, those spices, those herbs might just be a little bit different based on what country you're kind of looking at. I see. You know, because, you know, there's there's the keto diet, there's intermittent fasting, there's all this stuff going on. And I think a lot of times what people actually do is they put together their own customized hybrid, you know, and, you know, quite frankly, I do, too. Um, and I also have like days or weeks when I say to myself, you know, hey, I think I'm going to experiment a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And um, there's nothing pure here. What I'm seeing is that you're really looking for um, 
a variety, a diversity of, of, of ways of putting all of this together. Um, that it's international. So that's kind of interesting, you know, so where do you get your produce? Um, you might want to look at some different places to be able to pick up some, you know, novel and nuanced, you know, vegetables and fruits. Um, you're lucky because you're in New York. I mean, you know, it's like every other house is like, I mean, seriously. Even if you take something as simple as like a, a lentil soup, right? Let's say you want to make a lentil soup. You could use turmeric and ginger and, you know, maybe a little cayenne and some warming spices, or you could turn around and use rosemary and basil and thyme and all of that. And they are could have all of the same ingredients, different herbs and spices, two completely different experiences, right? So I feel like the there's a lot of flexibility within the diet as well. So you don't get bored and you're not restricting your um, food group intake. You know, there's something else too, and I think you and I might agree on this too, and that is that when you're paying attention to all of this, nine out of 10, you're cooking, just saying. Um, so nine out of 10, you're cooking. If you're lucky, there's also a really cool restaurant that does a lot of this well, um, you know, just to kind of add a little spice to the whole thing. But um, it also, if, if, you're, if you're going to all this trouble, then more than likely, you're also being more physically active and you're paying attention to your sleep and to your alcohol intake um, and just, you know, stress management, because I think it kind of goes all hand in hand. It, it's a little weird to take care of one thing and let everything else go to hell. So that's the reason why I bring that up is because in science, you know, we're, we're always looking for confounding variables. Like what else is going on in your life that could potentially um, be affecting this? And sure to form, uh, it's, it's sort of a holistic lifestyle approach. Now, when I say that, I think a lot of people break out into a small sweat saying, oh God, I have to do all of this at one time. No, 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 no. All right, Rome was not built, you know, in a day. So what you do is you just choose something. You know, for some people, nutrition is easier to address. It just makes more sense to them. For other people, you know, they're out there doing exercise and then they're gonna creep toward a healthier nutritional baseline. And for others, you know, they're doing fitness and they're also doing nutrition, but they're asleep, it's going to hell. So, you know, it's just, everyone needs to just find their own little journey on this one. And I think that that's important. Isn't that what you've also found when you've been counseling people? Yeah, and I like to come from a place of positivity. So instead of saying, you can't eat that, you can't do that, right? Which is just negative and immediately people will shut down or feel overwhelmed. We'll say, well, why don't we add, what can we add? What's a vegetable you like? Where can we add that vegetable a couple more times a week? Or what's a fruit that you enjoy? Would you be willing to add that fruit to your afternoon snack? So figuring out ways that seem easy for them and more um, in their wheelhouse, at least to start, so that they're not overwhelmed. You know, maybe you can go for a walk for 15 minutes after dinner. Maybe that's something that you want to add that you like to go walk. But, it, you know, from that positivity message versus a negative kind of frame of mind. 
I bet a lot of people, Abby, um, are wondering, hey, is this Mediterranean thing, um, this program, good for weight loss and maintenance? And ooh, now we're and we're sinking into the rabbit hole of weight, and huh, it's so weighty. So it's interesting. The Mediterranean diet is number one by U.S. News and World Report, and this was the 2022 findings. And in the in the weight loss category, it actually was like number twelve because you have all these wild things ahead of it. You know, everything from keto to, you know, whatever the heck, um, and back and forth. But I think that what happens is, again, uh, you're not restricting anything. You're asking people to just be very mindful and knowledgeable about uh, caloric density and volume that you're taking in. And that although, you know, you have fish and some animal products, oil, nuts, um, you know, it's, it's in some of the reviews, they say, and that works against weight loss. No, it doesn't. I mean, those are some of the best things you could have. It's just that we live in a world of restriction and you're the one who just said it. You said, no, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, please experiment, use, you know, uh, moderate and appropriate portions, um, have a diversity and then, of course, include all the other pieces of uh, a healthy lifestyle. Um, and then what you're going to be aiming for is optimal health. But BTW, by the way, you're also going to be dropping excess body fat and you'll have the protein um, to build more muscle because you're also being physically active. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, and that that whole weight loss category thing makes me crazy because I'm never about weight loss. I'm about optimizing health. And, you know, the, the weight will follow if you, you know, uh, have a platform like the Mediterranean diet. Um, so I don't know. That's that's it's my more take of a long term plan, right? So if you do a restrictive diet like keto or Whole30 or something like that, you're getting rid of entire food groups. And that's not sustainable or for, for long-term, you know, cutting out whole food groups that are valuable for us nutrient-wise is not smart. And you're not going to be able to do that for your whole life. So what ends up happening is, let's say I do one of those diets, I lose a bunch of weight. As soon as I start to go back to my regular way of eating, I'm going to gain it right back. And then it becomes yo-yo dieting and all the things. But Mediterranean is kind of a more long-term lifestyle approach. So I'd be curious if you look at someone who was on Mediterranean diet for many, many, many years, I feel like as you age and we're all dealing with hormones and weight gain and all of that, I feel like we're in a better place if we're comfortable with the Mediterranean diet and kind of following like that versus the, the up and down yo-yo restrictive cycle. I just think that that's so wonderful that you brought up the long-term piece of this. I think everyone just thinks short-term. Like, let me drop 10 right now. And, I mean, you can lock yourself in your closet and you're going to drop 10. I mean, come on now. And <laughs> uh, lock me in there and come back in a month and, you know, I'll be down 10 pounds. Well, no, that's ridiculous. The way you do it dictates your success in the long-term 
And that's what I think you're actually talking about. And that that is something that is oftentimes not dealt with. And quite frankly, there are, you know, a paucity of studies that look at the long term beyond, say, a year, even two years, because they're hard to do. And you and there's a fall off rate over time um, for a variety of different reasons. But gosh, even if you were 250 pounds, you dropped 10% of your body weight, this 25 pounds, right? And you kept it off, you know, for a year. Hey, sign, sign me up. That, that'd be a wonderful thing. Because in my mind, sustainability equals success. So all these crazy fads and, you know, fasting for five days in a row, and none of that's sustainable, there has to be a better way. I understand that some people need to drop weight very quickly and, you know, for a bariatric surgery or something. That's very different. I'm talking about just keeping the party going here. All right. So type 2 diabetes is epidemic um, in the United States, UK, all over the place. Um, and so the Mediterranean diet may also stave off uh, type 2 diabetes because what you're not consuming are those ultra-processed foods, right? And uh, I think that that's where a lot of this is coming from, the fact that people people's dietary intake, um, instead of having, say, 150 grams up to 200 grams of really high-level carbohydrate per day, it's oftentimes 500 to 600 of trash carbohydrate. And then you wonder why your insulin levels go haywire and you end up with type 2 diabetes. Okay? So there's the processed sugar piece of this whole thing. And then, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory type dietary intake which affects every single kind of itis. So, you know, especially arthritis. I have people, and I know you do too, who I've worked with who literally can tell you within 12 hours of having had a binge with ultra-processed carbohydrates that they have swelling in their joints, they have pain, inflammation, and it goes away if they stop doing that stuff. Um, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, of course, depends on exactly what it is that they're eating, but a lot of it tends to be very high processed um, white foods. So processed sugar, processed flour, um, chips, you know, like potato chips. It's all very highly processed, um, ultra processed foods with a, a lot of fat and sugar and and all the things that aren't nourishing us, but it's all of those extra calories. Um, so yeah, are your blood sugars crazy? Your body's kind of in revolt. So you mentioned early on fish, which is really, you know, key to this. Now, obviously fish has its own little hornet's nest of craziness with, you know, uh, all the toxins and stuff, but there are some fish out there we can still eat pretty well. Um, but it's, it's the Mediterranean's diet that's rich in the anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids that are really anti-inflammatory big time. And that's what really helps when you have itises. 
Itis simply means inflammation of. So arthritis is inflammation of your joints and, and that type of thing. And you see that a lot. There's actually been some really interesting studies on rheumatoid um, arthritis um, pointing to this very fact. So there's some more science. Um, and again, trying to fight that ultra-processed process. Well, processed foods, you've mentioned this before. They're not all bad. Tell no, us about that. No, because middle of the store stuff, so technically like this can of beans is processed, right? My steel-cut oatmeal is processed. I still, I'm a big proponent of cereal. So if I have a bowl of Cheerios in the morning, that's technically processed, but it has lots of good things in it and it is a choice that also is good for on the go-ish like you need something quick put it with some yogurt you know good but um yeah there's there's definitely a lot of stuff in the center of the store that is very um nourishing exactly so when we say processed it doesn't at all infer that this is a terrible thing the ultra process um, are the worst. I mean, there's, they're not even food anymore. They are science fair projects. Okay. And, and, you know, just think of like Twinkies or something. Um, uh, I'm, I, there, there've been books written about that product. Oh my gosh. Um, it's like these things don't even have anything in them. If you read the, you know, the little label that you can possibly, identify other than maybe some really scary stuff like petroleum rocks you know just <laughs> it's like no you know get that thing out of my body already um and and here's the thing it's so preserved by being ultra processed that it'll just sit there in the warehouse for decades you know like who needs to replenish the supply <laughs> we got one from 1990 you know that we can use and and, and that should work so really uh, how about we just go fresh here? And in this case, we're really talking about um, this, uh, this diverse and integrative approach called the Mediterranean diet. There's even been science that, that points to uh, the Mediterranean diet being protective against cancer. Now, that's interesting. Um, specifically, breast cancer, colorectal cancer, head and neck cancers, um, Really interesting, and also preventing death among cancer survivors. Um, and a lot of this has been uh, coming out um, in the last 10 years or so, um, since we've really been looking at this. And it's been looking at the extra virgin olive oil um, in, in one particular study of breast cancer, with the, where the, the women had a 62% lower risk of breast cancer than those in the control group who just ate a low-fat diet. Um, you know, I, I think the days of those, as it were, really extreme low-fat diet things, unless you have a dietary issue where you're being followed by experts and whatever, and you need it, are kind of over. We need to have a diversity, healthy fat and all the rest of it. So, okay, now I'm going to put you on the spot. Here it comes. Sidebar, sidebar. All right, so I come home. I'm exhausted. I want to hurt people. Um, it's just been one of those days, and I want to put something Mediterranean-ish um, together. And and it's got to be quick, or I'm 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 just not going to be able to survive. What comes to mind? I'm going to show you some stuff. Okay, so, here we go. Here we I go. Clam shell of lettuce. 
already ready to go. You don't even have to rinse it off. I have a can of beans. You just have to drain and rinse that. I have a can of tuna. There you go. Um, you can add on avocado. You'd have to cut it. You'd have to open it and cut it. I'm trying to think of things you don't really have to cut up. So frozen veggies are already pre-chopped for you. You can get regular, you know, carrots and peppers and onions and all sorts of other stuff already chopped for you, broccoli. Um, so if you want to use any of those, throw them in there too. You can also get frozen whole grains. You can get frozen rice and quinoa and all the things, especially at places like Trader Joe's. They have a lot of that. So feel free to add that in if you want. And then you can add on oil and vinegar, that olive oil, um, a vinegar you like. Maybe you want some crunch. So put some like sunflower seeds or, you know, something on top of there. Big bowl of it. I add flax and chia too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you like in those categories is going to taste good to you, right? So I have black beans here, but if you like garbanzo beans, great. If you like lentils Disney beans and lentils. <laughs> Yeah, all the things, right? So it's easy. And um, give us an example of what goes on in that marvelous um, little uh, quick pot kind of situation. Well, all right? Pot. Yeah, I throw a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> like what? Like give us an example of something. And why would I want to be able to do, you know, the Instapot kind of way to, you know, cook? So a lot of it is good for soups and stews and things like that or, or tougher uh, meat or poultry that takes a really long time to cook if you're doing it on the stove or the oven, but you can do it really quickly in the it's a pressure cooker. So for example, you could take, you know, some sort of cut of meat, brisket, pot roast, chuck roast, something like that. You can put that in with, let's just go with tomatoes and things, you know, crushed tomatoes, basil, rosemary, onions, you could use, say, we got frozen onions in the pot, garlic, frozen garlic or pre-chopped garlic in the pot, and then the beef, salt, pepper, a bunch of um, the crushed tomatoes, herbs and spices. You just turn it on, and in you know, depending on how big it is, in probably forty-five minutes, that roast that would have taken four or five hours on the stove or in the oven is done in forty-five minutes. And so then you have like a nice ragu. Um, I can make frozen shrimp. So you get a bag of frozen shrimp, put it in there with some broth. In one minute, I have shrimp cocktail or cooked shrimp. One minute from frozen. That's crazy. I love it. Why isn't everyone doing this? I don't know. And that's why I made this cookbook because I think some people equate it with... Um, like a texture thing, like everything is mushy or everything is has to be soup, but it doesn't. So, you know, that shrimp is a, is a very good example. Uh, I made like a turkey meatloaf in it once with a little container that sat right in there. I do all my hard boiled eggs in the Instant Pot. It takes five minutes. Um, sometimes I make a sauce, like dump a bunch of things in there to make the sauce, heat that up, and then I put the fish on top and it just steams it right on there. So there's, you know, it's things just, you can do things quicker, things that normally take a really long time, like dried beans you can cook in 20 minutes. Well, you had me at quicker. Um, that's, that's music to my ears because I think in this insane, you know, day and age of everyone running around on their gerbil wheels, um, there's an excuse 
not to cook. It's like, I don't have time. I'm exhausted, you know, back and forth. And a little bit of planning. Tell us how the planning will work. So on a Sunday, what would you do with that, that Instapot? So the, the eggs is one thing that I do almost every Sunday. So, you know, that's a great snack, a great thing to add to your breakfast. You could even add it onto a salad or do thing, you know, whatever you want for lunch or dinner. So I usually will make those hard-boiled eggs and then they're available. So if you are busy and starving and you open the fridge, there's eggs right there ready for you, like such a great protein source. Um, so that's one thing. I often will also make a pot of brown rice or quinoa or something like that. So that's always available. Um, sometimes I will do a sheet pan of chicken and then that chicken is available all week or even an instant pot of chicken and then it'll be like shredded chicken for example. You can add it to everything. Or I get a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. I don't do anything. It's just there. Um, and then I usually have a have clamshells of greens. Sometimes I'll roast a bunch of vegetables that are available through the week. Just so that, like, imagine you're going to, like, one of those salad places and you see everything in front of you. I try to think of a handful of ones that I could mix and match all week. And then I'm just preparing them and making them available instead of going to, like, the salad place that has all of those choices, if that makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. I also want to make sure everyone knows Classically, you know that I actually love a circadian rhythm kind of dietary intake, meaning that what you're doing is you're just flowing with, uh, you know, the the 24-hour rhythm of the Earth cycle and how it affects us, our hormonal release. So if people are saying, well, how do you make all this work? Same thing. It's like what you do is you just use the Mediterranean-ish dietary intake, right? And then you just fit it into, say, the classic, I eat over the course of 10 hours, get my three meals in or two meals, whatever works best for you. And then 14 hours, you're not, you know, having anything to eat because you don't need anything during that time. So it could be like a 9 to 7 p.m. proposition Boom, you know, start the game up again at 9 a.m. in the morning. Um, but use the Mediterranean uh, dietary intake as a blueprint. And what I love, too, is, is that based upon your own um, uh, ethnic uh, uh, background and what you like to add in and, and back and forth, be as experimenting um, and adventurous as possible but always remember, it involves whole foods, lots of plants, lean proteins, healthy fats, lots of great protein, which is really important, and that the source of carbohydrate is not ultra-processed, okay? And that's so terribly important here. Um, and, you know, those Mediterraneans, they, they love to have their wine too, you know? Um, I was just, I was reading, did you read in the newspapers they, that uh, the oldest uh, person in the world, um, Sister Andre, who was in France, um, just uh, passed away in her sleep at the age of 118 years old. Wow. And wow. Uh, so she's over there in France and doing her thing. And, 
And it, she said, she's been asked like, I don't know how many times, you know, countless times. So what's the secret sauce here? What's going on? And what she actually said was right off the bat, she goes, well, I got to say that, uh, you know, working, she worked all the way up until, you know, almost the end. She just loved to have meaning and purpose in life. That was important. And then she said, and then every single day, a glass of wine and a little chocolate. And I said, sign me up. Okay, that's the way to go right there. Being cute here, obviously, just thinking out loud that there's so many different ways to approach this, but I'll say that her meaning and purpose in life was probably the thing that supervened more than anything else and being of service. But every time I think of wine now, I think of Sister Andre, you know, over there just doing her little thing. Amazing. So one last bit of a nugget that you could gift all of our listeners with about the Mediterranean diet that would just, you know, make their day here. Well, how to say just one. Um, it doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> good, good. Just start with adding a whole fruit or vegetable. Like pick, pick a fruit or vegetable and start adding it a few times a week. And that's start from there. Okay, so small steps and, and just start moving toward that. And at the same time, when I say small steps, I mean it literally. Um, and that is just begin to adopt that healthy lifestyle. Think of yourself right now. Where are you right now? Where would you like to see yourself a year from now? And always think with the end in mind. Um, and so it's important that, you know, to your excellent point a little earlier, that whatever you do has got to be sustainable and, you know, uh, crazy stuff out there, fads are never sustainable and they're dangerous um, and they're destructive. So who needs that stuff? So to your point, thank you for your little tidbit there. It's easy. Um, and you just need to be able to sit down for five seconds and plan this thing already. Chef Abby Gelman is our go-to always on all things nutrition and cooking. So how can people learn more about your wonderful work? Oh, sure. They can go to chefabbygelman.com and all sorts of recipes and videos, and it'll show you all sorts of, get you to other things like articles and videos and YouTube. I love the videos, especially with you and your beautiful daughter. You know, I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I think most of us would like pray to have a mom like you who could really, you know, guide um, a, a child to a better way to be able to take care of themselves as they get older, because that's not happening a whole lot these days, you know, to our shock and horror. All right, everyone out there, you enjoyed this. I loved it. So run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, because your feedback means everything to me. And another huge shout out to Solaray. Solaray Vitamins is our wonderful sponsor. You know, check out the Multivites for Women specifically, and then look at everything you want to know about the gut and your my microbiome, right? My biome is so terribly important to take care of all those little goodies, you know, those little friends down there in your, in your GI tract, both with the food as well as making certain 
that you address your own nutrient needs, you know, with the vitamins and supplements. All right. So there you have that. Well, I can't tell you how happy I am to have this episode and to think about running to my kitchen right now. You've inspired me. Seth, I'm Dr. Pam Peak. I am host of the Herb Podcast. Listen, follow me on Facebook or uh, at Dr. Pam Peak or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peak MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD or Spotify and the other platforms. We just love to get the message out. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay well.